The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Busy time for the Edmonton Police Service. Um, violent crimes uh, increased 23% or 27% rather in July compared to Edmonton's uh, three-year average. The EPS, by the way, uh, describes violent crimes as assault, sexual assault, robbery, and homicide. And we can tell you that using the three-year average, there has been about an 88% spike in assault with a weapon or assault causing bodily harm cases and a 34% increase in aggravated assault crimes as well. Now, in the past month, the city has seen at least eight suspicious deaths, five of them confirmed as homicides. With more this afternoon, we're joined by the chief of the Edmonton Police Service, Dale McPhee. Chief McPhee, welcome back to the show. Sorry, Jalen. Uh, thank you, and it's great uh, for you to have me back. I guess you got to take it off mute first, eh? <laughs> you do. That's all right, Chief. Uh, thanks for uh, checking in this afternoon. Okay, with these numbers that are being reported in the past couple of days, is this just an anomaly, or is this something that we need to be really worrying about? Well, I mean, I think this whole year is a bit of an anomaly. Um, you know, <laughs> as you mentioned truth? in your preamble, COVID and, and the events in the U.S., and, uh, you know, we've got people being cooped up, but we're, we've definitely seen a concern in relation to the spike and uh, I think when uh, when I first uh, got in this job I, I think I was very clear and I think it was actually on your show we had this talk about you know balancing uh, the enforcement piece there, there there's that crime those, those bad people that uh, we need to hold accountable in the system and then there's the vulnerable which we need to get out of the system and I think we're at the crux of that we still obviously have a lot more movement um, there has been an increase of firearms we're, we're seeing some of that I think reading the news across western Canada right now uh, we've taken a pile of firearms off the street here here recently, um, and uh, I think uh, you know 83 uh, shooting incidents. That's not deaths, but shooting at or shooting at targets in relation to vehicles, etc. Uh, from January to August 11th. So uh, those numbers are concerning, and uh, I mean it also tells us that you know uh, we're 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 getting a lot of firearms off the street, but uh, the level of violence in relation to the offense seems to be increasing, and that that is a concern for us for sure. And Chief, are, are these random attacks or are they people that are known to each other? I mean, for, for people living their quiet life in the suburbs, do they need to be worried about this? Well, most of them are, are, are known to each other. Let's let's be very clear about that. But the, mm-hmm. the problem you have when you randomly start shooting at each other, mm-hmm. um, you can often hit innocent bystanders. So, um, you know, that's a concern. And so our job now, obviously, uh, you know, we've had extra attention in relation how we've shifted our resources uh, to obviously take some of these criminal elements out of our city. Um, but, you know, the, uh, the, the, the criminals, as per se, when we're talking about this serious crime, they don't slow down in relation to uh, just because COVID's hit us or, or because the the news uh, or anything else. Uh, there, there are those folks that we need to hold accountable and we need to ensure that, uh, uh, you know, uh, this is the one where I think I said we, we jail the people uh, we're afraid of, not the ones we're mad at. These are the people that we need to actually hold accountable. And uh, we've been pretty fortunate to uh, uh, get a, a lot of this lately. I mean, out of our homicides, uh, there's good leads on most of them. Nine of them have been uh, uh, solved in relation to it this year with, uh, with also some good leads. Uh, 
we don't measure our crime stats as per se homicides. They're pretty close to the same pace they were at last yeah. year, but the concern is there has been a rash of them within the last month, which obviously leads to different actions on the streets. So uh, most of them are known to each other. Again, it's always a concern just because of the randomness of it and uh, the wanton disregard for people's safety. Chief was reading as well um, recently that domestic uh, assault cases are up and is is that uh, a sign of maybe what we've been going through over the past number of months with COVID with the stresses from jobs economy being you know in the house all the time? Yeah you know there's a pretty good likelihood uh, you know could you say that 100% for sure yes but uh, or sorry no but uh, is there a likelihood of that yes Uh, and what we're seeing in relation to domestic violence is, uh, although the number is, we've had considerably high numbers for many years in relation to domestic violence, the severity of the violence of those assaults has actually increased, and that too is a concern. And and, and, and you're right, I mean, uh, we've got more people that uh, uh, potentially cooped up with each other that maybe found out that, let's say, they didn't like each other, but unfortunately, uh, rather than do it, uh, uh, you know, appropriate or the proper way, uh, violence uh, escalates, and then you come compound that in with uh, alcohol use or drug use and, you know, the meth concerns that we certainly still have in the city that uh, certainly, again, another focus, it just compounds that and it makes uh, normal people do unnormal things. And uh, so, yeah, it is a concern. And, uh, you know, we've got agencies uh, outside of police that work on that uh, on a full-time basis, but, it, you know, it's uh, it's a concern and it is up and, uh, and what happens behind closed doors is it doesn't really have access to a lot of people so uh, when you're behind those doors more often uh, things like this tend to escalate. Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee joining me this afternoon. Now, you mentioned that resources from other units are being moved around to help with this increase in in violent crimes. Does that then put added pressure in the units where you're moving people out of? I mean, if you're just, you know, you know, plugging the hole in the well, I mean, that's that's a challenge as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're always looking at that, though, right? I mean, that's part of the reason why we can tr- uh, actually added another division to our patrol division to, you know, do uh, some of the emergency circumstances uh, with our crime suppression team. So we have in the last year, through redesign, we've uh, had the ability to redeploy resources quicker and, and certainly more focused on this. So so that has certainly helped us with the solvability, but we still got a lot of work to do to um, obviously try to change the behavior that some of the folks in this city uh, with that criminal element and uh, criminal nature uh, have that they, they just continue to do this. And uh, uh, that's been a concern here for many years. And, uh, you know, it's something that we're obviously working hard and diligently to not just solve the crime, but, you know, getting a little bit more proactive with the data and stop it from happening in the first place. Because I think if we can hit it from both sides and and, uh, with some of the intelligence that we gain, then we have the ability to actually reduce it. And that's the ultimate goal is not to hold status quo. It's to say enough's enough and we need to reduce some of this stuff. Chief, obviously, this is just another weight on the shoulders of, of you as, as chief of police and the, uh, the police service. It has been um, a pressure-filled year for the service, uh, given what has happened with a number of videos that have uh, been uh, brought forward with uh, Black Lives Matter and, and the calls to de- defund or divest uh, from, from police services. Uh, two weeks of hearings in front of City Hall, and we know that moving forward, a number of reports will be showing up uh, into the fall about, um, you know, 
know, some changes when it comes to uh, policing. There's, you know, talk about moving some of the money out. I think it was $11 million to, to other areas. Where Where's your head at with this right now? And, and, and what impact is this going to have on the service, you know, in the coming months and into the coming years? Well, well a couple things. As, as we said, uh, you know, COVID-19 has put a strain on all of us and, and we got to be more innovative and, and we're certainly on that way. So, you know, we're preparing ourselves, obviously, to do that. But I think on the other side of this, we also got to be aware that, uh, you know, we've got a criminal element here. And and most of this violence isn't the same population that we're discussing uh, when we're talking about the homeless and and, uh, different things like that or the vulnerable population in particular. Although some of this violence and, you know, uh, a couple maybe of the homicides uh, have uh, happened in this particular area, the bulk of this stuff comes from those uh, criminals that... uh, let's say, more seasoned, more experienced. Uh, they're obviously more focused uh, on the, their actions. A lot of it uh, involves uh, the drug trade, etc. And and we got to be careful that we don't think this is all one of the same. Uh, there's mm-hmm. definite different elements of this, and, and both are equally as important. And our job is to making sure that, you know, we're obviously uh, holding those uh, on, the, on the serious side very accountable, and we need to put them... Uh, into the justice system in a timely and efficient manner as quickly as we can. But at the same time, we got to be equally diligent on trying to reduce the, the, the vulnerable population from coming into the system because the, the reality of this is, is when you mix those two populations, they all become high risk. It's not 85% or 90 This is that whole thing that we've been working on Vision 2020 is to reduce yeah. the demand for services. And if we can actually get that right and hit it on both sides, then you know, perhaps what we're actually going to do is uh, then actually be able through through demand reduction be able to put resources back into the the more serious component and then we can have bigger gains on that side as well. Uh, Recently, it was just a couple of weeks ago, um, you were speaking in front of the uh, House of Commons Committee looking into racism in policing and and, uh, you said now is the time to enact changes to address systemic racism in Canada's police uh, services. And, you know, I know we've had these conversations about what that could look like moving forward. One of the things that I thought was really, really interesting and and we've touched on this is about, you know, maybe not having uh, police responding to those uh, mental health calls, that sort of thing. And, and one of the things that you had brought up was was talking about um, putting mental health coordinators in the dispatch center. Can you give us an idea what that would look like and, and where that might be? Yeah, it's it's being worked on. Um, obviously, it's a it's a joint project with a city coming under the, the city council recommendations. So, I mean, obviously, to do something like that, it needs a change in direction. Uh, it's the you know looking at how you merge and amalgamate. You got to remember, everything starts with a call. And mm-hmm. to say you're going to send a let's just use it. And, and I've got a lot of respect for the, for the, our other professional partners but you know a lot of the analogy was let's you were going to send a social worker well the reality is is most of those mental health calls are unpredictable if you send a team the lead role takes the role uh, of who's going to actually handle the call if it's a safety issue well the police will step in first if it's not then the other worker steps in first by sending one or the other isn't generally the answer although you can separate a lot of those calls in relation to a dispatch center by putting a mental health professional right in on the first call of screen. So, 
you got to sort out all aspects. One is a team approach. you got to make sure that you have them together, and that's why we have PAC teams, police and crisis teams together, uh, police and mental health and social workers together. But at the same time, you got to do a better job sorting the dispatch calls because, let's face it, the majority of the calls right mm-hmm. now come from police. And, and actually, I think it's well, I think it's 5,500 or, or 6,000 calls a year we take roughly are coming from other agencies asking for uh, support. So it's not one or the other. It's to look at it in a comprehensive manner to make sure that we send their appropriate response, safety first, and then from there make sure that we're actually getting the services to the individual to allow them not to come back into the into the, the call system or, or, or perhaps uh, preventing them from going to the justice system. So it's a little bit more complex than sending mm-hmm. one or the other. It's, uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's making that assessment to start and then making sure that you got the safety covered, whether it's for the social worker, the mental health worker, or for the police officer. There's a, a lot of different uh, prongs in this apo- approach, whether it's, you know, the mental health coordinators and recruitment. And you have said, um, and you said in front of this committee that we have the perfect storm right now to create change. And you've been a, a leader in change when it comes to your career o- over the years and in what you've done. How optimistic are you that uh, this time it's going to happen, that there will be success? Well, I think it's up to leadership to make sure it happens. And, and part of my job is to make sure that happens. But I think also, and you you put a practical piece on it as you always do on your show is we shouldn't be able to try to solve the whole thing in year one let's focus on what can we actually do to reduce it by 20 percent and then when we get that 20 percent with that momentum how do we go to the next 10 or the 20 percent let's take those things that where we can make the biggest impact we already know where they have been for many many years you know from from a policing perspective we just talked about some of them domestic violence mm-hmm. it's trauma it's mental health and addictions you know it's it's more involvement with the school systems it's it's the employment when you link all those together you should be able to get 20 percent at a lot easier uh, rate than we think it is the problem is none of this stuff is ever linked and as you know you we live in a city where we have a a homeless strategy a housing strategy a poverty strategy a mental health strategy an addiction strategy and i mean the strategies go on and, and most of this is the same people in this and then we got all these criminals on the other side of this that you know we blend this into the same conversation and they're not the same conversation and so leadership needs to differentiate the conversation and for those where we step out of line in relation to you mentioned the videos and stuff that's my job to hold those officers accountable our complaints against police in the last two years are really down a lot our customer service complaints certainly sometimes are a concern but they're not very big on the overall calls we take so it's the not to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but it's actually to look at it in a comprehensive manner and make effective change to address both sides of the equation. And when you get both sides, you start to deal with that. And and part of that is is you need to hold these people that we're seeing right now taking another person's life or shooting at somebody or beating somebody up behind closed doors repeatedly or um, randomly uh, attacking somebody in a, in, a, in a system, like whether it's your public system or transit or a subway, uh, that's not acceptable. And, and, mm-hmm. and we need to, as, as public, we need to make sure that, that uh, people are doing that are held to account. Um, mental health uh, in the service is always something, well, it certainly has become uh, top of mind over the past number of years. I know it's something that you've committed to uh, as well uh, since you came on as police chief. Uh, how, how are things right now? Well, 
I mean, let's let's start with the community. The, the mental health in the community is certainly on edge. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think if we look at it that way and realize that our police are, are part of our community, and then in addition to that, they're taking a lot of society's woes and they respond for it every day. They don't have the ability to say no. And they've taken it on the chin, let's be honest. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, a lot of it uh, comes from the U.S., but, you know, we've generated some of our own things that we're dealing with as well that we have to deal with. But, you know, by and large, from an outsider coming in, this is a really good police service with a lot of good men and women that show up to put the uniform on to do the best for their community. They they do it in a proactive manner. They're involved in their community. They're your hockey coaches. They're involved in the community in many different aspects. And it's taken a toll on them for sure. I mean, you know, we've had two officer suicides this year, and to me that just breaks my heart. Uh, and the reality is, is I think we're going to have to look after everybody right now in relation to mental health and well-being as a city because honestly when you actually start to unpack COVID uh, you know the COVID and the, and the disease is something that's really a focus on limiting it and I think we health has done a really good job of that uh, but the long-term impacts of this are going to be mental health and I think it's time to start shifting some of that conversation those uh, first responders uh, that are facing this on a daily basis I, I mean it's it's pretty important that they stay healthy and we're, we're trying to put things in place that we can and you know it's also important that you know the public uh, can be critical but they also have to be fair and uh, you know and I think that's something that we have to probably get that balance back in check but at the same time that's no not me as the chief sitting here saying we don't have to change because I've never said that once we addressed that their systemic racism exists and, and you know I, I'm a little surprised that many other organizations haven't stepped up and said it exists because it exists everywhere from you know whether it's you know in the educational outcomes that we always talked about residential schools or it's in the health system and some of the health outcomes or it's in social service with children's in care or or it's in politics who make the decisions i mean it's a chance now that we've never been faced with before where we have the perfect uh, criteria for a storm of change and i think it's important that we change into the right things and that's why i say it needs to be data-driven evidence-based but i think it's going to take all hands on deck and it's going to mean changing some structures and it's going to also mean that partnerships and collaboration are the only way forward and, and pointing fingers never has worked and i don't think it's going to work going forward uh, it's about all of us taking responsibility and chief mcphee we're going to have to leave it there uh thanks for your time this afternoon always good to talk with you i appreciate your time thanks Jalen. Take care. You betcha. Yeah, okay. Chief Dale McPhee, Chief of the Edmonton Police Service. Uh, there has been a spike in violent crime in the city. You've heard him talk about it, saying, you know what, the system has to be tougher on the bad guys. You heard him say that. You're texting that in right now. Let me know how you're feeling, what you're seeing. 